Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. You know why it's a Wisdom Wednesday? Because we get the wisdom of Andrew Brandt. The guy went to Stanford undergrad. He got his law degree somewhere. I'm not remembering where he got his law degree right now for some reason. That's a that's a major miss by me. But what I do know is an unbelievable job writing a column for the MMQB. He is an advisor to the agents at Vayner Sports. Obviously, former long-term and long-time VP of Player Finance for the Green Bay Packers, host of the Business of Sports podcast. We'll get to Andrew momentarily. A lot of questions for him about Tua time, among other things. We also will have a new Spread the Word winner later on this week. Please, it's the easiest contest to enter. We really appreciate those of you that just engage in any way with any of the posts I post about the show at Ross Tucker NFL or Brian and intern Casey at Ross Tucker Pod. So if you're not already, please follow, please engage, a like, a reply, a retweet. It all helps. Sponsor confirmation, email winner. Keep them coming, especially those DraftKings. They got an awesome offer this week. Keep them coming. I've got some really cool press passes now to give out Buffalo Bills against the Chiefs. I'll have Eagles Giants after tomorrow night. So get them in. Ross at RossTucker.com to enter. We have not had a lot of people entering as of late. New patron to shout out Mario Tremblay. Patreon.com slash RT Media. We're getting like two or three patrons a day at this point. A, I think you guys want to find out why all of our other Tuckheads love it so much. B, I think it's pretty clear people want to be able to see all of our bets on the Even Money podcast, the Friday picks, the press box grades, power rankings, all of it in written form, as opposed to having to write everything down and always just remember it all listening to the show. So very, very cool, almost as cool as Andrew Brandt. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Andrew, already kind of gave you the intro, but before we get into 
Tua time in Miami, because there's a lot there that I want to get into with you. And I should mention, follow Andrew on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. I know you have an interesting business of sports podcast this week that I'm looking forward to listening to. I wanted to give you a chance to plug it today. Yeah, good day, Ross. You know, Paul Rabel is more than an athlete in a lot of ways. He's one of the best lacrosse players in the world. And you can make an argument that he is the best or has been in the past. But he's an entrepreneur and he's always had that bent. And he created a league after being a superstar in the National Lacrosse League and the major the lacrosse league that plays in the winter, that plays in the spring. He is now owner, investor, player, etc. for the Premier Lacrosse League, which has played in for two years a barnstorming league that goes to a different venue every site. Tomorrow, our Thursday, is PLL Day, two years to today that they started playing. So I had Paul on. We talked about his path. We talked about his career. We talked about lacrosse. We talked about the entrepreneurial spirit and more about sports business. So I hope you like it. Paul Rabel on this week's podcast. You know, I don't know if we ever talked about this, Andrew, but three of my four years, I think, at Princeton, definitely two, but I think three of my four years at Princeton, they won the national championship in lacrosse. So I went from growing up in Reading, Pennsylvania, where I knew nothing about lacrosse other than it was on Memorial Day on TV on ESPN, to going to Princeton, where it was a really big deal. My freshman year, we won it. My senior year, we won it. I can't remember if we won our sophomore or junior year, but uh, it was a really, really big deal. Fun sport. I think it's a better sport than baseball, to be honest with you. I wish my high school had it. I probably would have tried it in the spring. Also, Andrew, I, I, I'm forgetting, where did you go to law school? Went to Georgetown Law. Uh, oh, that's right. Back home in D.C. And speaking of D.C., Paul and me are from those suburbs. And uh, I went to a little school in Bethesda, Maryland called Landon School for Boys. He went to a bigger private school called DeMatha, which has produced so many NBA players back in the day, Adrian Dantley and Kenny Carr, and also produced a mutual friend of all of ours named Brian Westbrook, who was, I think, the same years as Paul. Um, so, yeah, there's a local connection there. So uh, a couple funny things there. First of all, one of my best friends from college went to land, and we probably talked about that, but Dave Crater uh, went to college. We were fraternity brothers, uh, teammates, the whole deal. So I'm very familiar with Landon. <laughs> and then DeMatha, I'll never forget one time talking with Josh Wilson, a DB that went to Maryland that was maybe a second-round pick for Washington. Had a nice NFL career, 10 years or so. And we were at one of these NFL functions, Andrew, and, and he went to DeMatha. Yeah. And somebody said to him, did you play basketball for DeMatha? And I think he maybe said, I can't remember. I, I think he said, yeah. They said, did you start? He said, no. He said, if you start for us, you're like pretty much going to the NBA. <laughs> He's like, if you start for, they, they've had so many guys. Like, if you start for us, you're going to the NBA. He's like, no, I'm 5'11". I was, I was playing, I, I was coming off the bench or whatever. So uh, very, very funny. Um, all right. So let's get into this, Andrew. And by the way, check out Business of Sports. Sounds awesome. Let's get into this, Andrew, with the decision in Miami 
to go with Tua Tungo Vailoa to announce him as the starter yesterday. Blank Canvas, your reaction? I haven't watched the games like you probably have. Fitzpatrick seems to be playing well, and they seem to be doing well above expectation, three and three, in good shape in that division, uh, and they make the move. I think that, as I said, maybe there was a feeling like, okay, by week we go to them. And the other point of what I'm going to say, you give me a blank canvas, I'm always going to say this. The days, I go back to my experience, I've talked about it a hundred times, the days of sitting a quarterback three years with Aaron Rodgers, I stake in the ground, will never, ever happen again, ever. And I'm saying first round quarterback will ever sit for that long. The longest since, of course, has been Pat Mahomes for one year. But even that was an anomaly. Now, I know they don't end up behind Hall of Famers like Brett Favre. But back to the Packers, I don't think Jordan Love will sit three years. He might sit more than one year, which would be uh, big in itself. But this is what happens. Um, And I guess if I'm running a team, Ross, I don't know if I pay a placeholder, right? The, The Tyrod Taylors the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, the Josh McCowns, the Sam Bradford's for Josh Rosen. I don't even know if I do that because you're going to get them out there probably by October. So what are you doing paying 10, $15 million? I'm just, you know, it's just so uh, when I think about the business of sports and, and trying to allocate resources, if you take a first round quarterback, what are you doing with a placeholder? Like, unless it is like a Brett Favre, like, why are they doing that? Uh, So I guess my thoughts always go to, it's great that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still playing well, but why not get Tua out there for five more games of getting his feet wet? That's my thought. Well, and Tua is obviously unique, I think, a little bit, Andrew, coming off the injury. What I think is interesting, to your point, I guess, is – the way they did this, you know, I, I think on one hand, you could argue they're putting Tua in a good position to succeed because the team's playing pretty well. Yeah. On the other hand, you could argue they're kind of putting him in a tough spot in the sense that the team's three and three. They've won back-to-back games by double digits. They're a game out in the AFC East. It's kind of awkward timing because if if there's a drop off in play and a noticeable drop off at the quarterback position that's a tough sell i think to the veterans out there that feel like they got a shot this year yeah it's a good point you know the problem with playing a rookie quarterback early is what if after a veteran's been in there especially like you said have done pretty well is like okay what if he stinks <laughs> you know what if he stinks what do you do then? And if you're Miami management putting myself in those shoes, you can't pull them. You can't. Bring back Fitzpatrick after a bad couple of games. What does that do? You know, so now you put Fitzpatrick in a consulting kind of uh, just a, a mentor role instead of a playing role. And I don't know how you go back on that other than injury, which of course we don't We don't fear for anyone. We don't want for anyone. But um, you're right. It's kind of a no-win situation now. You're all in. You know, it was like what happened with Tyrod Taylor. Even if Justin Herbert stunk, 
they're not going back to Taylor, you know, and hopefully he's better uh, and not and feeling any effects of that unfortunate injury. So, yeah, I mean, here we go. Um, we talked about it the year where Mayfield and Darnold and Rosen and Allen and Lamar Jackson all played by Halloween. So uh, here we go again. <laughs> they're, they're in. And the, the outlier is going to be Jordan Love, of course. You know, it's interesting too, Andrew, and I want to get one last question in on this from a business of sports podcast or business of sports perspective. I just think a lot of these teams think the real value now is when these guys are on their rookie contract and trying to extract that value. How important is that? Is we got this guy on the cheap compared to what he'll eventually get and other guys are getting. Let's maximize the return and the value we're getting by playing him as a rookie. Yeah, and again, I didn't experience this because this rookie thing came in in 2011. Uh, but I see your point. And listen, it's not only the rookie deals. Uh, it's it's what you said, I guess. It's getting more of the rookie deals. Because if you sit them a year, yeah, you've got two years of the rookie deal before you have the ability to renegotiate. And then the media pressure is you got to renegotiate like they did for Goff and Wentz and everyone. Uh, but if you get them in their rookie year, now you get three years of where you can't even, you can tell the agent from my perspective, hey, CBA, we can't even renegotiate. So if he's making a million dollars, I'm sorry, you know, don't blame us, blame your union. So there you go. And I think that's a good point you raise where now, if Tua starts now, you get two and a half, over two and a half years of money that you can't even raise, even if you wanted to. Two other topics I definitely want to get to with you, Andrew, and see if you have any experience with it. Now we've got, I guess, multiple Cowboys players um, anonymously bashing the coaching staff. Do you ever have to deal with that? Uh, I know it's probably more of a coaching angle, but do you ever have anonymous issues during your time in the NFL and have any insight into – you know, how we get to this point and what you do from here? Never had this, Ross. And it's personal with me, obviously, because I know McCarthy and I hired McCarthy, part of the group that hired him. And I can say we didn't have that kind of thing they're talking about with three months with McCarthy when I, you know, when I was there 15 or 13 years with him. Um, So, no, what I did have were issues with assistant coaches where players did not either respect them or listen to them or there was insubordination. And one quick story, I had a player that just didn't like his assistant coach. He was a, he was a veteran player. He was probably the same age or even a year older maybe than the assistant. And there was insubordination and the assistant coach was saying, I can't coach him. The player was saying, I can't learn from him. And I had, I may have told you this before, I had an intervention in my office where I had the coach and I had the player and I put down two chairs and I said, listen, we're not firing him, the coach. We're not releasing him, the player. Work it out. 
and basically sat there while they stared at each other for two minutes that seemed like two hours until they started griping. And then it didn't, you know, come to a hug and kumbaya, but they got along, they worked it out and they understood each other and we made it work. Uh, and of course, that was a temporary solution. The assistant coach ended up being released that end of that year. Oh, man. Uh, what about the trade requests, Andrew? I've seen where David uh, Najoku for the Browns reportedly asked for a trade. John Ross, wide receiver for the Bengals. How did you deal with that? You know, How often did that happen, and how did you typically deal with those especially in-season trade requests. Yeah, I think more I've dealt with the ones that were like, can we seek a trade due to money, due to not getting a contract? And then you look at the agent and you say, well, listen, you know, we want to keep them here. It's just something we're going to have to deal with after the season. And you try to work through it. These cases sound like players that aren't getting play time and are buried on the bench and want a new scenario, a new scene, new scenery. But... <laughs> You know, the, my thought is is you just lose all leverage. You know, if they're going to get something for Najoku or John Ross, there it goes because now it's out there. And if I'm a GM getting a call about one of those, I can say something like, okay, uh, wait till you cut them <laughs> or, or we'll give you the ham sandwich trade, a conditional seven, two years from now. Um, not a lot of trade value, but you're right. It's going to be something I have to work through. And this is where you rely when there are always issues, you rely on the agent. And it's funny, I just told that story. You rely on the position coach to try to smooth things over and just say, we're going with these other guys. You hope it doesn't rise, as you said, to the general manager or the management level where you have to get involved. You try to keep that within the team. Any thoughts, Andrew, on either the Packers' loss to the Bucks <laughs> or the Eagles being down to two total starters on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I'm hoping as a fan, and I'm unabashedly a biased Packer fan, that it's just an aberration <laughs> on what looks like a really good year. Uh, and we'll see. You know, we'll see how they respond with the Texans this weekend. The Eagles, I'm also I'm, I'm biased as well. They're kind of my number two team, as you know. And, yeah, I mean, listen, take your favorite team, listeners, and now you have backups at every position but center. How's your quarterback doing? <laughs> you know, think about it that way. Um, and I'm, in my bias, Ross, I have said – since the beginning of the season, no matter how many, how bad they're losing games, and they're only losing by a couple points, that uh, they'll win the NFC East. <laughs> and that is proving, proving more prescient every time we watch the Cowboys, isn't it? And last thought, last thought on the Cowboys, again, the toys, Ross, you know, I, I get C.D. Lamb's great, but they have spent money and resources at receiver and running back you know, it's proven time and time again, they're not where you spend your money. <laughs> you know, that's, those are not positions that will give you the bang for the buck. And it's proving out again. Check out the Business of Sports podcast. It is absolutely excellent. And follow him on social media at Andrew Brandt. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. Speaking of business, I've mentioned this to you guys before. You know, I've got a few small businesses, not even forget the media stuff for a second, but go big recruiting, 
MyFrontPageStory.com, RT Media, which is the podcast business. It's not easy. Uh, you know that running a business is tough. If you, if you guys own a business or help run a business, not easy. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. There's no reason to pay for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. So whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. There's over 22,000 companies on NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash Tucker. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Tucker. That's netsuite.com slash Tucker. Tuck's Takes. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with the decision in Miami. You and Andrew obviously covered it. Anything else that you want to add to the Dolphins going to two a time? Well, so I, I can offer two different perspectives, Brian. First, you know, Brian Flores was in New England when I was there as a player, but he was in the front office. He was an executive, you know, he was a scout. So he is able to see the big picture. And I think he looks at this and says, you know what? We're trying to win Super Bowls here. And it's not about maybe competing for the AFC East or a wild card spot. We're looking at Baltimore, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. We want to be one of the top five teams in our conference and a chance to go to Super Bowl. And Tua Tungo-Vailoa is going to be the guy that can get us there. So the sooner we start playing him, the closer the step we take to that point. And I also think on some level, he wanted the team to be in a good place before he inserted Tua in the lineup. The flip side is, if you're a veteran player, you're feeling pretty good about things right now. You love Fitz, you're three and three. You think you got a chance to win the AFC East. And now you're thinking, oh, man, I don't know how Tua's going to do. He's probably not going to be as good as Fitz. And so that that kind of stinks. I think it's really important that Tua gets off to a good start. Otherwise, you're going to have some, some disappointed veterans in Miami, to be sure. Tuck's Takes. All right, let's talk about those anonymous quotes from the Dallas Cowboys, which are always fun. Yeah, I mean... It, doesn't it seem like there are certain organizations where this happens more often? The Washington football team, the Jets, the Browns, and yes, the Cowboys. Seems like the Cowboys are this kind of team. I think it's really pathetic. Really pathetic. Because if you saw, uh, I guess a couple of players said something to Jane Slater of NFL Network about the assistant coaches don't know what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. So much for personal accountability. So much for personal responsibility. It's a really bad look for Mike McCarthy. Really bad look for the coaching staff, but a really good bad look for the players too. Tuck's takes. 
What about the trade requests of tight end David Njoku in Cleveland and wide receiver John Ross in Cincinnati? Your thoughts? So I do like that these are at least about opportunity and not about money. Now, let's be honest. It's about more opportunity so they can get more money. But that's okay. You know, these guys are both high picks that aren't getting a lot of playing time. And so they're voicing, you know, that they'd like to be traded. And I think the teams are probably open to it if they feel like they're getting value in return for these guys that were high picks for them. Neither one of them plays all that much, so it makes sense. And I think they probably did it behind closed doors. You probably want it to only be behind closed doors, but maybe they're feeling like, I don't know if this is if if this is going to happen. So they needed to shake the trees a little bit. I really don't mind it. I don't I don't, I don't like when it, I don't love when it gets public, but I think they feel like that's their best chance to leave and go somewhere else. Although it just makes it kind of hard to go somewhere else in the middle of the year at those positions and contribute immediately anyway. Takes. Finally, you've got former Cowboys defensive lineman David Irving signing with the Raiders. And not sure we mentioned about uh, Tennessee Titans' Taylor Lewan officially suffering a torn ACL on Sunday's game against the Houston Texans. That's a bummer. I enjoy watching Taylor Lewan play. He's got a fun personality, too. And the Titans are playing really well. Uh, Ty Sambrello has gotten better. Than, you know, His first couple of years in Atlanta, he really struggled even though he was a second-round pick. I think he's gotten better. I think he's serviceable now, but he's not Taylor Lewan. As for David Irving, remember, David Irving's the guy that said, I don't need football. I don't I don't care that – you know, he got suspended again by the NFL. He said, I don't care. I don't feel like playing anymore. Those guys usually come back. You know, and I, I'm not saying he ran out of money, but when he realizes what the other side's like, maybe he tried to get a real job. I don't know. It's, oh, uh, you know what? I think I'd rather be making a lot of money to play football. That seems like a better usage of my life skills than whatever else I was going to try to do. Let me go back and try to play again. Hey, football fans, are you an Amazon Prime member? Did you know you can watch Thursday Night Football live on Prime Video? It's the future of football. Catch all the action on any device almost anywhere in the world. You could choose your favorite announcer, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah or Chris Long and Kerry Champion from NFL Next. Get next-gen stats and watch in-game replays on demand all within Prime Video's X-Ray. Next-gen stats are real-time stats powered by AWS. No more waiting around. You can access the current stats anytime. Need to check how your fantasy player is doing? This is the ideal way to stay up to speed. In-game, on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. So if you're a streamer or simply want the most custom way of watching Thursday Night Football, tune in live every Thursday starting October 8th. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. and kickoff is at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video. Also available on Fox and NFL Network. NFL Network simulcast subject to change. Thursday Night Football is presented by Bud Light Platinum. Let's get to an email question, Bri. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Dude, I'm just telling you guys right now, if you don't ever subscribe to the YouTube page or check it out, you're missing out. 
you know, that Amazon read I just did, that's pre-produced because I guess they wanted to approve it. So while we play that, you know, for audio, for people to listen to podcasts, you don't know any different. But for the YouTube folks, you got to see what Brian and I did today during the Amazon pre-produced. That was funny. Uh, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can always, by the way, send me an email, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. And ask me any question you'd like. If you take advantage of one of our sponsors first, I guarantee to read and respond to it on the show, which I love. So please, I mean, you can take advantage of any of our sponsors. Even the uh, NetSuite, that's just a free trial. I mean, that's just a free demo. That's an easy one to do do the free demo and then go ahead and send me a question. What do you got, Brian? This question today is from a longtime listener, Kevin Nieto. Hey, Ross. Uh, again, longtime listener, lifelong Buccaneers fan. Like you, I felt the Bucs got a raw deal from the officials on that Thursday night game. My question to you is what, if anything, could a team do to protest or contest an officiating crew's performance? I know they can be sanctioned and suspended, but can a team do anything to expedite or intensify that process? Can a team protect a crew's assignment to a particular uh, a pro- I'm sorry, protest a uh, crew's assignment to a particular game. The more I think about the game, the more inexplicable those calls become. Bucks hurt themselves too, but the refs ensured those self-inflicted wounds were insurmountable. Thanks, Ross. Love what you do. Good question. Really good question, um, Kevin. And what I would tell you is there is there is a process whereby after the game, Every NFL team submits every call that they either want clarity on or felt like the the, the officials got wrong. So that happens after every game. And typically, you'll hear back a couple days later, here's why we called that on this one. On this other one, you were right. We shouldn't have called that. We made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, it doesn't really amount to anything, Kevin. You know what I mean? Like, it almost makes you feel worse when they admit they were wrong. Because, like, well, that doesn't help me a whole lot now. I mean, it gives you satisfaction. Because I've had them come back and say, that wasn't really a trip, Ross. It wasn't really a hold, whatever. And I'm like, well, that stinks. Because everybody watching on TV thought it was, you know, heard my name get called out. My mom, my wife. Um, They cannot protest a cruise assignment moving forward and you're not supposed to tell the media when the nfl admits to mistakes that's a faux pas and you could get fined for that good question really good question shout outs today pizza boy brewing dynastyfreaks.com sportaculture steakhousesports.com vision comics with an x which Tuckheads Jay tells me is very, very cool. Speaking of cool college draft podcast, already posted. Fantasy Feast Part 1 later today. GC, Greg Cosell tomorrow. You guys know the deal on Amazon, the homepage at RossTucker.com, rating and reviewing the show. Any of those things you do, I count as being able to ask me a question and potentially winning one of these press passes. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.